Oh, did I? The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They're on the bend in the Country Cups final. Richford led by a length. Going up on the outside now was Eshiel to just about join him. Then rather Salubrious and Paniagua. He's saying to thunder up the middle of the track. 175 to run. Paniagua got to the front. He put up two lengths. Eshiel battling. Running on late is Mr. Tickets. Paniagua in front. One and a half clear. And here's eight in a row. Paniagua wins the Country Cups final. Defeats Mr. Tickets who runs second. Then came rather Salubrious. Followed by Proan Eshiel. Yes, Paniagua taking out Saturday's 2020 version of the uh, Tab Country Cups qualifier, or should say final. Uh, after all of the qualifiers, Paniagua was victorious over the big field there at Dooman on Saturday, and a great call from young Jared Wessel. Of course, hard stride taking out the Country Stampede final for Paul Hamlin and Jason Judges. We welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news, and what a big day we had on Saturday for the Country Cup and Country Stampede final. News also on the show this morning about the other meetings on the weekend. Charters Towers held their annual bracelet meeting with Monongal Surprise taking out the bracelet. Burnett to the Valley went to Wild Element at the Nanango Race Club program on Saturday. And uh, Anna Bakos and Angela Jones had a big day out with doubles apiece at the Gundawindi meeting on the weekend. Lots of news to get through this morning. Helping us out with news, as always, is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony. And uh, what a great way to finish the Country Cups and Country Stampede series with those finals on the weekend. Almost perfectly scripted, you could suggest, with the Penny Agua win with the flood of money coming for him in the end into the odds-on favouritism and won like a, a good odds-on favourite. Tony, I'm on my way back to uh, Longreach after the weekend, uh, about to get called up the board on the plane. But I have one question for you this morning. It was great to catch up with you on the weekend, of course. But does anyone know if Alex Malief has got back to the Atherton Tableland? Because <laughs> I have a feeling from the social media reports that the bar staff were going to be needing their sand shoes on. I hear he was looking for a week off. But you have to give him congratulations on, I suppose, the fairy tale story, isn't it? Out of the far north with uh, the Herovian with 10 wins, Penny Aguil with uh, eight now. And with that name, Bread and Water, he, he cost basically that with the $600 buy. What a story and what a, uh, a relief, I suppose, for... Um, Alex Malief, I just hope he's got home in one piece. Yeah, I think he's okay. We, we had him on the uh, the breakfast show yesterday morning, and uh, I think everything is A-OK, but they would have uh, celebrated well and truly late into the night on uh, on Saturday night, that's for sure. All the way through the uh, the series, Rob, uh, we've been helped out by our great friend and Andrew Watts giving us some, uh, some form and some guidelines of where we should be going heading in towards the Country Cup and Country Stampedes final. So, of course, to wrap it all up for 2020, Watts is back with us on Bushbeat this morning to uh, look back at a fantastic day's racing. Welcome along, Watsy. Good morning, uh, Tony, and good morning, Rob. Yeah, it was fantastic, and um, what a win by Penny Agua. Uh, he settled beautifully in the run, and as Jared said in the call, thundered down the middle of the track, and you knew... If he was in striking distance out of trouble, he was going to be mighty hard to beat. Uh, he pulled away, didn't he, in the last little bit to win by two lengths over Mr. Tickets, who certainly did his best work late. And then there was some distance of two and three-quarter lengths back to Rather Salubrious, who uh, ran out of its skin in third for David Reynolds and Leanne McCoy. And pro Wayne finished off nicely for Tracy Simmons and Sonia Wiseman. But uh, it was all Penny Agua. Uh, now takes his career earnings to a tick over a quarter of a million dollars eight wins and they've all been in a row from 13 starts and uh, now 
joins the Glenn Baker team, uh, Rob, and he's nommed for Saturday for the four-year-old plate, the Gateway. Yes, it's pretty exciting times ahead for Penny Agger. And I think, uh, Andrew, the thing that impressed me, and just listening to Jared's call, that he dashed that length and three quarters clear for about 175 out. And he maintained it was going away, as you said. And the time uh, was a little bit quicker overall than the previous 1,600-metre race, the last 600 fractionally slower. So he's really stamped himself as a horse with ability. And when you see the breakup through the field, I always work on this six-length factor. And that six-length factor uh, only got you back as far as SEL, and then the field started to drift away. So there was a real dominance in the win, I think you could sum it up by saying. Yeah, definitely, Rob. And if we go back through the beaten brigade, my selection, Macro, finished fifth. And I, I did say uh, last week that he's a he's a next-year type of horse. He was pretty green in the run. He only got beaten five and three-quarters. Eshiel, uh, he did a, a mountain of work, and he? he brought the field up up to the uh, the early leader, Richford, and he, he was resolute, uh, beaten six lengths. Martial art was good as a 100-to-1 shot in seventh, uh, and then 10 lengths beaten further, uh, drum beats, uh, and the rest of those, Rob. Did you? Uh, what was your pick from the from the beaten squad? Oh, I thought Mr. Tickets. So I got. I'm not talking through my pocket because I didn't get to put a bet on it all, but I did declare it as a bit of an each way special with Penny, Penny Agua the special. In fact, what's here be the only few, uh, the only time I think where I've gone close to declaring two specials in these and nearly got them both up. But uh, I thought Mr. Tickets was very brave, very strong, and it was just that form line through the Chinchilla Heat. Uh, that impressed me uh, with that particular uh, run and rather salubrious. And David Reynolds was very, uh, very bright or keen on the prospects from the word go with this particular galloper. Uh, felt very sure it was going to run a place. Um, I just thought there was too much. The others were pretty well out- outclassed and um, it- it's exciting to look forward to Penny Agua and the Herovian. And this is what it's all about to me is that uh, coming from that Cairns, Atherton table area, when you get horses good enough to go to the city, or in the case of Panyagiri's work from the country to the Guineas wins to the Cup, now the city, that's the sort of pinnacle you're always aiming at when you uh, you get a good horse in the country area. And uh, I think he was outstanding in the win. I really look forward to seeing what Glenn Baker uh, does with him from uh, here on in. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's by design, but um, I don't know how long this was in the planning for, Rob, because if you go back through his Guineas wins, the Cairns Cup almost looked um, the end of the prep, didn't it? And he had that short break and, and subsequently qualified and, you know, well-placed um, any mm-hmm. horse that's same season uh, Cairns Cup win and can qualify into a race like this. But that's what it's all about. There's the uh, qualifying criteria and it was met by all these horses. And, yeah, a, a pretty good addition of um, the Country Cups Challenge. And I'll tell you what, he, he's getting a um, cult-like following, isn't he, Penny Agra? And I think he'll be well-supported through the summer of racing uh, there in Brisbane. Isn't it wonderful to be able to have two horses like this come out of the north of the state? And, and almost, yeah, they've been running uh, in parallel. And, and I heard Alex Malief saying on uh, on Radio Tab on Past the Post with the boys on Sunday morning um, that he's just honoured to be mentioned the same mouthful of words as, as a horse like the Herovian. <laughs> But they've both been really flying the flag for racing, country racing especially, but also for North Queensland racing and coming to the big smoke now and taking them on and beating everyone at their game. And that cult following uh, impact is something, is is the theatre of racing, isn't it? People latch on to uh, a horse like this, whether it be to do with the wind sequence or in the case of Penny Agra, I think it's a lot to do with the name and the same with Herovian. And when when you combine that together, they just get this cult following 
and they're, they're cheering from the rafters when they see a, a win like that happen on the uh, weekend. And as Watsi uh, mentioned, the, the placement by Alex Malief to keep him going through this, to finish with the Cairns Cup, and then to actually plan or realise, or by design or by chance, that, hey, I just need one more non-tab qualification and I can be in the uh, the country cups and, and stamp himself as that, that middle distance type, or, uh, type horse in the, the country provincial area. It's uh, it's one of those ones where I'm thinking, Alex, will be thinking, isn't it great when a plan comes together? It doesn't always work out, but when it does, it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah, that's certainly right. And uh, Tony um, wasn't the only uh, feature on the day. We also had the country stampede. That we did, and it was a wonderful win. Uh, it was race two on the program on Saturday. This was what happened. They sizzle towards the corner. 500 metres left to run in hard stride. Got across from the outside gate. Let a long neck to Absolute Bonza. Camped in third was Tapper. Coming up three wide now on the outside was Zukaz. Further back in the field then two was stunning to run on Osaka. The rest headed by Drayman and Raiden winding up. Hard stride giving them something to catch. 200 metres to run. Tapper alongside Sunny to finish off well. Raiden flying down the outside. In front hard stride at the 100. Tapper's trying hard. Raiden flying at them. Still hard stride in front, hard stride clinging on and won hard stride won the stampede Raiden flew and got second Tapper very game in third next over the line was Zukaz very different sort of run to what we saw a couple of races later guys in the country cup because hard stride was out in front, Paul Hamlin said catch me if you can and Raiden just about did uh, Rob, uh, Brad Stewart was really pushing Raiden hard but Gary Gearin aboard Tapper wasn't too far away running into third and those three really gapped the rest of the field. I think they were about three lengths ahead of Zukaz and Osaka and District and a few of the others there. It was really a race in three, but Paul Hamlin was able to get every last ounce of stride out of hard stride. A couple of things out of this for me is we tend to dismiss the chances of good horses when they draw the extreme outside or the car park. And what do they do? They put egg on your face because they often spear across. And if they've a horse like hard stride with so much pace and ability and proven record at the track. When they get to the front like that, they're always hard to run down. But the second thing out of the course, the race was marred by the interference uh, created with that aggressive move. And Paul Hamlin, as we know, he's a have uh, saddle will travel. He was down with that, uh, with that uh, long-distance Jericho race down in Victoria during the week. He travels everywhere, so well-deserved for Paul. Unfortunately, he did cop, I think it's a 13-meeting uh, suspension. And Gary Gearan, who ran third, those two right up on the pace, copped an 11-meeting suspension. But that's the competitiveness of the day, I feel. And uh, these guys had a plan, and the plan worked. Uh, whereas horses like Raiden and quite a few others, I think the margins here are a little bit hard on some of these horses because there was some pretty severe interference that washed back through the field. And horses even like Drayman, Wicked Express, Raiden to extent, they got squeezed back a lot further for... For Raiden to come home like he did, uh, I thought that was an outstanding run. Not because I tipped it either, by the way, boys, but um, I just thought it was an outstanding run. But you could sense that he was running out of time because hard stride, full momentum out in front, beautifully rated out in front once there by Paul Hamlin, and just too hard to run down. And those two provincial-level horses that have come through the Metropolitan, older stables, you know, as they've got older, they've moved on. They really uh, turned it on in the finish, Watsy. 
Yeah, Rob, um, you hit the nail on the head with Raiden. He was he was a good thing beaten. He got decked at a, at a vital stage, and geez, he, he he flew home. Have a look at Hard Stride though. He started his racing career off in March 2013, won the Regal Roller in 2014, and uh, in 2020, at the end of 2020, even um, knocks off another feature race, takes his prize money to 770,000. He's the winner of 15, placed 28 from 92. He is the definition of a war horse. I cancelled him out, uh, one for the barrier, two for the age, but he proved me completely wrong. He got across uh, too easily, and, and that $19 in hindsight looks a, a good value, doesn't it? Raiden, as I said, was terribly unlucky. Tapper was good. The runner, Zukaz, absolutely outstanding uh, for Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel. He's only been beaten 3.4. He was another who came, overcame a wide barrier. Asaka, I thought, in fifth was good, uh, as was Drayman in seventh, only beaten five lengths. And, and then you've got a lot of the hard luck stories, don't you, down further. Uh, 11th media Vida was um, versus some bad luck. And Muron, uh, he jumped okay, and then he was out in the back. So, again, it's, it's a race where you have to watch the replay a few times to um, get a grip on what happened. But but uh, all honours, the 27,500 uh, to hard stride for Jason Judge and uh, Paul Handlin, Rob. Yeah, great work by uh, Jason Judge. And I'll mention a little bit more about hard stride in a moment. And I, I think you're right, what's the Osaka and even Drayman. Drayman was one particularly that lost his position along the rails. And, and great to see that horse for David Rewald uh, uh, race so well. But uh, Jason Judge is a classic example of these horses that go through from the top es- or upper echelon and the purposes and uh, the reasons we have so much depth in country racing. They find their way into the stables, whether they be provincially based stables. But once the conditions of these races are there, uh, they also target the country areas. They qualify. And notice that that and Raiden, they were the top weights in the race and they fought out the Mm. finish. So you can't begrudge that win. They meet the, the qualification and it meets the purposes often of what many country stables are doing. They're looking for that good uh, horse that's come off the metropolitan form. And in this case, it's uh, it's paid off. It's overcome the wide barrier. It's overcome the big weight. And it's been able to hold up a storming finish by uh, Raiden, which has a similar storyline, ending up in the John Manzeman stable. But great performances by those, those country-trained areas, particularly Tapper. I thought it was very brave, too. Uh, got across quickly, and it really loomed up to take on hard stride and uh, it just couldn't quite finish it off and Raiden's uh, coming over the top to to just about nail the win but congratulations Jason Judge, Paul Amlin with hard stride and yeah that wraps up um, what's been a great series, uh, the Stampede and the Country Cups Challenge and again um, racing Queensland for for pressing on um, when uh, you know a lot of other sports might have pulled the pin and said, oh well, we're going to sit out 2020. It was fantastic that our country participants uh, had the ability to have a crack at some of these city riches. I know the country panel met on Friday and uh, I tried to weasel some detail out of a few of them uh, at the uh, the function there on Saturday afternoon. I think we will see a return for the Country Cups uh, and the Battle of the Bush in 2021. And I think they're pushing very hard to see the Country Stampede continue as well. That was all I was able to glean reading between the lines because obviously it hasn't all been put into place as yet. But the Stampede has been a wonderful addition, I think, this year, fellas, as much as we weren't able to hold the Battle of the Bush this year. But just to keep adding to that 
uh, that whole feel of the, the country coming to the, the town sort of thing has been wonderful through here. And as you say, Watsy, with everything else that we've lost through the last six to eight months with COVID and everything like that, for Racing Queensland to be able to pull this together the way they have, it's been a long haul all the way through from uh, September through to uh, December from the, the very first round of heats all the way through to the final last Saturday. But I think everyone involved is to be applauded. Yeah, 100%, Tony. And uh, I'm hearing the same things uh, that you just said there from the country board that um, the three series uh, more or less will, will take place again. And uh, it's fantastic. And people will be able to start their Christmas shopping uh, on Bloodstock Auctions to try and find that horse <laughs> for these series. <laughs> and, and I think, Watsy, they'll, they'll probably be... A, there may be a little bit of tweaking, particularly with the stampede, because it was sort of rushed into the position um, that was left vacant by the Battle of the Bush due to COVID-19. But a little bit of early or late information coming through suggests that the uh, the turnover numbers um, relative to those two races on the weekend uh, well basically they're in the same they're comparing to the doom and meeting the previous week in the same uh, time slots the net terms the information I'm getting is the net in net terms the combined wagering on them marginally exceeded the two aligned races the previous week now that yeah. is important in itself because it is about wagering and it's about placement on the right programs and we do know the Battle of the Bushes slots so nicely into where it does but this I think these two races they just add that extra bit of dimension and excitement. And, Tony, I don't know how you felt. The crowd may have been down a little bit, but you expect that with COVID-19, don't you? But mm. the people that were there and in the Grove tent were able to enjoy the afternoon and were well looked after with uh, City Hospitality welcoming back the bush. Oh, very much so. And somebody actually commented to me, I was down in the uh, the Saddling Enclosure uh, before the uh, the Country Cup and then uh, when I was out in the, uh, the Winner's Enclosure after the race and uh, it was one of the, the city trainers said to me, Listen to that crowd cheering home Paniagua. And it was really great to hear. I know there would have been some very loud North Queensland cheerers going on, but we saw something similar last year with Battle of the Bush and the Country Cups yep. final. Uh, that everyone is getting, you know, embracing the whole concept and getting involved in it all, which is great to see as well. Oh, definitely so. And uh, there's going to be more cheering with the Horovian and Paniagua as these... Uh these country-based gallopers storm uh, home over the city ones, I think, in coming weeks, we hope. And uh, it's been great to follow that story, Tony, on Bushbeat with Alex Malief, particularly in the story behind the $600 buy, the buy of the century, I think Alex Malief will be able to say. And I notice, I notice he's also picked up the full uh, brother uh, to Penny Agua uh, in a recent um, bloodstock auction that he paid a little bit more for. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you wasn't 600. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, think was, I think it might have been around the 8,000 mark, but I'm sure I'm sure Penny Agua has funded it. Well yeah. done, Alex Malief and Stable. No, well done to all involved with uh, another very successful uh, campaign all the way through to uh, Saturday's finals at Durban, the 2020 Country Stampede taken out by Hard Stride for Paul Hamlin and Jason Judge and the 2020 Tab Country Cups Challenge Final won by Penny Agua for Robert Thompson and Alex Malief. The people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Now, boys, uh, it wasn't just, of course, all of the uh, the country action that was happening at Dermot on Saturday. We also had racing at Nanango, Gundawindi, and Charters Towers. And Rob, the Burn It to the Valley series, took us to Nanango on the weekend for the fourth leg of that. The final leg is going to come up on Saturday week at Esk. But I know that there's one winner there that you were very pleased to see appear on the winner's list. Yeah, and as I said, Tony, just about to get called the board on this uh, plane, so I might have to duck off and uh, leave you and Watsy with it, but I was so pleased to see another win by Craigley Arian um, coming out of this Nango 
uh, results and uh, and a very impressive win with Hannah Richardson. I think it was about eight and a half lengths. And uh, young Crystal Johnson, I know Stan Johnson, as our listeners have uh, been following, he's been recovering from ill health, but he's on the mend. He's improving all the time, but still not the uh, opportunity to go to the races. But he's got, obviously, absolute faith in Crystal and really proud of the way she's going. And, and uh, she took the punt on this horse. It was one that Stan wasn't sure about, I gather. But she stuck her neck out and said, uh, Dad, we've got to continue with this horse. And now he's won at least two in his last four. And he was very, very impressive in that win, uh, leading all the way after being attacked throughout the race. And uh, Hannah Richardson, I think, may have had a bit of a role in suggesting backing him up after the Dolby race. Just so pleased to see the Craig Lee name back there, of course, as we know, the Bush Beach Show, the origins of it uh, with the early founders, the early concept with... Dan Johnson and Craig Lee Sutton, the early sponsorship. So uh, great to see some reward coming back to them. Uh, but I didn't do all the homework over the weekend. I left that to Watsy because I'm being on holidays and now on the way back to Longreach. I'm sure he's got all the details that we'll be following uh, up with the rest of this meeting. Well, we'll let you go because I don't want you to be paged and then have to blame us for being late because the girls back at Parker's are going to have our guts for garters, so to speak. If we, uh, <laughs> if, if, if it means that you don't miss, if you miss your flight and it's our fault, I don't want to come back for Longreach Cup Day next year because I will just get hunted. So we better let you go before they page Mr. Luck to Gate 17. They've just they've just landed about uh, ten trampolines to unpack. I think they're wanting me back at Barkers, but they've done a great <laughs> job. Thanks, ladies, and it'll be more Leanne coming to grab me. I think is the trouble. So off I go. And uh, thanks, Watsy, for wrapping up the uh, remainder of the program. Good on you, Robbie. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Watsy. Watsy, let's take a look at that the Nango program. And Rob touched on uh, Craigley Arry on there. And as I mentioned, the Burnet to the Valley series uh, race was won by Wild Element. Good looking five race uh, program they had there at the Nango on the weekend. Yeah, let's go back to race one. It was a Class B. And Oakfield Comanche won the first race for Kayleen Hamilton and Hannah Phillips. Two lengths over like a firecracker for Stephen Thomas and Kelly Gates and Rockshaw into third. Now, this winner, Tony, uh, might have a little bit of upside. Just the three starts now for two wins uh, since joining the Hamilton Stable from uh, Kristen Buchanan. One at Wandaia Maiden, uh, got beaten at Dolby and then atoned here at Nanango. Went around $15 in the market, so uh, might be one to follow from the meeting. Race two was won by All Ease for Leonard Bourne and Jason Misson. Now, All Ease is a relatively newcomer to Leonard Stable, formerly with John Whitting and Rockhampton, defeated Music Scene for David Reynolds and Shannon Steffen and Vice Man in third uh, for Stephen Thomas and Hannah Phillips. Race three was won by Carlton Star for Ronnie Drysdale and Chris Meehan. Now, Chris Meehan, I'm not too much, I don't know too much about this jockey, uh, Tony, but in his record last 50 rides, it's just these two rides here, so I might have to do a little bit more research <laughs> uh, in regards to Chris, but he rode the winner there. Length victory over Just for Glory for Glenn and Hannah Richardson, and uh, four lengths back to third to Miss Pixie for Paul McEwen and Shannon Steffen. Uh, the Burnet to the Valley race that you did mention earlier is the benchmark 60 over 1,200 metres and wild element uh, for Sherry Vick and Robbie Fry. That combination always hard to beat. Started $3.50 favourite and uh, won by three quarters of length over Turbo Teddy for Stephen Thomas and Hannah Phillips and just under two lengths back to third to run Pam Run for Dave Reynolds and Hannah Richardson. It started your $3 favourite and as we already mentioned Craig Lee Arion uh, was the best to last there. That was for sure winning by eight lengths over Fury of the Storm and uh, my certain Tony. That uh, Bernard to the Valley series started off uh, back in October when we went to Eidsvold. We had a leg at Cumbia that coincided with the Melbourne Cup Day. Mount Perry had a leg mid-November. That was leg four at Nanango on the weekend. And as I mentioned, the final leg, Watsy, comes up 
on Saturday, the 19th of December. So we're four down and one leg to go. And uh, Rob always calls me the keeper of the points or keeper of the tables. Uh, from, what I, <laughs> from what I can see at the moment, Wild Element with that win now goes to the head of the table on five points, ahead of Queen of Main Street on four, and a couple of others then on three points. David Reynolds now gets a two-point lead from Cherie Vick, seven points to five in the trainer's tally. And now we've got no less than six jockeys on three points apiece. Shannon Stephan, Louise Dillon, Liam McCoy, Ty Wheeler and Gary Gearan join Robbie Farr with three points apiece for the uh, the jockeys tally there. And at the end of the series, it's a $3,000 bonus to the owner or well, owners of the horse, uh, 1500 to the trainer and 500 to the jockey. It certainly is a good incentive, uh, all these series, uh, Tony. Now, let's go over to Gunda Windy, where a five-race card started off with a Class B handicap. Now, it was a day for doubles at Gunda Windy. It started with Magic Mystery for Andrew King and Anna Bakos. That was the first leg of a winning double to Anna. At one by a length and a half over Fitzroy Boy for Barry Shepard and Jodie Worley. An objective for Mark Patterson and Angela Jones finished in third spot. It was a running double for Bakos. She rode unsure for Will Loudon in race two. Now, Will Loudon, a uh, relatively new trainer on the scene, and he's got a good strike rate, Will. This one by the barest of margins, though, just a nose to spare over Mayville Ruler for Mark Curry and Angela Jones and improving for Barry Shepherd and Jodie Worley, uh, another two and a half lengths back in third position. First leg of Mark Curry's winning double came up in race three with Miss Charlie Lynn. Now, this is a galloper who has only won two from 33 starts, but it's won those two in its last three starts. This was an impressive win, Tony. It won by 4.8 lengths, so four or three-quarter lengths. Angela Jones, that was the first leg of her winning double. Overflying honour for Marie Hopkins and Brandon Newport. And C. C. Bix <laughs> finished in third for Peter Sinclair and uh, Scott Swedeman. That was some 7.6 lengths back in third. But uh, as we see a lot of the time with horses, when the penny drops, uh, it can keep on winning. Race four was the open handicap over 1,000 metres. Just a field of three here. But uh, Beacon for Pete Sinclair and Jacob Golden uh, got the cash by a length over Puzzling Wonder for Wayne Oakenfull and Scotty Swedeman. And Cash and Run for Pete Clark and Brandon Newport were in third. And uh, the second second leg of a winning double for both Mark Curry and Angela Jones came up in race five. This was a benchmark 60 over 1,200 metres, and no, no, Nanette uh, was the victor over by a length and a quarter uh, over a bit of faith for Wayne Oakenfall and Scotty Swedeman and a length away back to in- Incomparable, uh, which finished uh, another length away in third for Campbell Roberts and Jacob Golden, Tony. That sorted out the Gunda Windy program. Charters Towers also raced on the weekend. Watsy, Malongal surprise taking out the bracelet. Scotty Sheargold and Ben Williams also had doubles on the day. Yeah, they did. And this Malongal surprise, Tony, will start um, down the bottom. It took home the cutest bonus as well as the good uh, prize money. So around about 10000 in the bank there for Benny Williams and Frank Edwards. This horse has got a lot of upside. It's by Bella Spree out of the right one. Uh, it's had two wins in the second from three starts. It uh, opened its career with a second at Charters Towers, and then it won by eight lengths at Pentland and uh, doubled the dose there by four and a quarter on Saturday, defeating Flossy Top for Tanya Parry and uh, Varsity as well. Let's go back to race number one on the card, though, where we saw Findleton uh, for Darby Amos and Emily Cass get the cash. Big win, uh, four lengths over Boss's daughter for Kerry Crow and Donatia Smith. 
and uh, Borromeo, uh, Robert Stagg and Scotty Sheargold in third position. Travers uh, was the first leg of that Benny Williams uh, double. It was in race two and it won by two and three quarter lengths with Gary Keith Cleesey in the saddle over captain's pick for Tanya Parry and Keith Ballard and uh, Metro Missile for Kayla Russell and Masauki Abe in third position. Race three. Now, this was won by Back Her. Uh, trained by Tanya Parry. Now, Tanya has got a huge lead uh, marking the halfway point in the uh, Country Trainers Premiership. This is win 28 for Tanya already this year. Keith Ballard in the saddle. Now, back her. This is its 29th run of 2020. So we talk about war horses. They don't get much better than back her. Won the Lord Derby in Mount Isa earlier this year, and it's come to Charters Towers and won. By the barest of margins, over. Seriously happy for Jimmy Jackson and Frankie Edwards, and in a close finish, more than good for Ben Williams and Graham Cleesey, only just under half a length away in third posse. Race four was a benchmark 60 over the 1,200 metres, and uh, Jim Jackson got his win here with high zero. Uh, Scott Sheargold, that was the first leg of his winning double, uh, defeating Malongal Magic and Malongal Chief, both Ben Williams, uh, Malongal Magic, uh, Graham Cleesey and Carl Spry. Uh, on the third horse there. The winner won by two and a half lengths with a quarter of length between second and third. And wrapping things up was in race five, the benchmark 60 over 1,400 metres. And it was the second leg of the winning uh, double for Scott Sheargold with Go Diamonds, this one trained by John Barr. Uh, won by about a quarter of a length over Don't Cheat Charlie for Joanna Hassett and Chelsea Jokic. And a length and a half further back in third for Grey Top for Kayla Russell and Emily Cass. And uh, we've spoken about Malongwell's surprise there. Tony, that wraps up Charters Towers. That takes care of the meetings from the weekend. This coming week, of course, following on from the TAB programs, today at Dolby, Thursday at Mackay, and Saturday at Townsville. Saturday racing also at Bundaberg, Roma and Warra. And on Sunday, Watsi, we see the first of the Magic Millions Country Cup qualifiers uh, held at the Sunshine Coast Turf Club. Going to see quite a few of these in the weeks ahead. There's another one coming up on Friday of next week, the 18th of December at Rockhampton. There's also qualifiers on Tuesday, the 22nd at Townsville, on Boxing Day at Warwick. And uh, looking further ahead, I think I spotted another one uh, coming up a little bit uh, later on somewhere along the way as we count down towards what's going to be a busy time come January at Magic Millions. Now, you mentioned the, uh, the lead there that Tanya Parry has at the moment in the Country Trainers Premiership. I didn't realise that she'd scooted out to such a big lead at the moment. 28 and a half wins so far uh, this far into the season with uh, Todd Austin and Billy Johnson sharing second place at the moment on 14 wins apiece before you get to David Rewald and John Manselman on 11 wins apiece. So that's a fairly handy lead that Tanya's got there at the moment. Yeah, Tony, it's incredible. I know she props up a lot of the meetings um, with with large numbers up there in the northwest, but you've still got to win the races, and uh, she's got quite a strong team there this year. She's had uh, Charlie Cat, who's been impressive, back her captain's pick. A lot of these horses are going in week in, week out, and they're performing. So um, credit goes to Tanya. I mean, uh, she does a lot of work. She does a lot of miles, and... Um, yeah, it's great to see her reaping the rewards. And, and Keith Ballard, the association that she struck back up with Keith, uh, it's a good little combination uh, up there in the northwest. And having a look at the uh, Queensland Country Jockeys Premiership while we're checking out how the uh, the ladder's looking at the moment, Dan Ballard out in front at this stage on 18, ahead of Hannah Richardson on 15. Three jockeys then sharing a, a piece of third spot with 14 uh, wins apiece are Matthew Gray, Dan McGilvery and Ray Hancock. And you mentioned Keith Ballard. He's sitting at the moment in uh, what would be, I suppose, equal fifth 
I was sitting there on about fifth on 12 and a half uh, at this stage, uh, not too far away. It's still a long way to go to get to the end of the season, to the end of July uh, next year. But uh, things are looking pretty busy there at the moment. Oh, they certainly are. And, and big shout out to Keith Ballard as well. He, he had that fall at Longreach in the COVID period and he, he had a bad laceration. And um, let's not forget Keith's in his 60s, mm. but uh, he, he's bounced back and um, he's riding as well as ever. But yeah, Dan Ballard out in front and uh, he's got to be mighty hard to beat. Um, his strike rate's still phenomenal, Tony. It's around about that 30% rides to winners, which uh, you just don't see anywhere. Guys like Keith Ballard and Ross Tilly and even Paulie Hamlin just make me feel lazy sometimes. I see what they're doing, <laughs> see what they're doing, and I see what I'm doing fitness-wise, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're never too old. You're just too lazy. <laughs> That's so true. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to. Um, well, we sort of go into a little bit of a lull now, Tony, don't we? There's still. Uh, Apache patchy meetings going forward, but we obviously don't uh, kick back in here in the Central West and the Northwest and Southwest regions until that last week in February. So uh, yeah. still plenty going on, but uh, we, we're sort of uh, in recess mode here at the moment. As I said, yeah, Bundaberg, Roma and Warra racing this coming Saturday. The following Saturday on the 19th, it's Atherton, Chinchilla, Esk and Gladstone. A couple of big meetings there, that Esk meeting with that last leg of the Burn at the Valley series. But it's also Chinchilla Cup Day and Gladstone Cup Day plus the Gladstone Newmarket on the 19th. And then you get into the Christmas week. Well, it's quieter again. You've got a Warwick program on uh, on Boxing Day. They also race at Tarum and Mareeba on Boxing Day. And then there's a host of tab meetings all across uh, the uh, the Christmas New Year period. And then the next of the non-tabs actually takes us into that Saturday of the New Year weekend, Saturday the 2nd of January. We'll see Bell racing that weekend. And on the 9th of January, it's Emerald. So things do go into a little bit of a lull and a bit of a hiatus, but still plenty of good country racing coming along. Watsy, thanks so much for joining us, not only this morning, but all the way through the uh, the Country Cups and Country Stampede series. It's been great to have you as part of the coverage and certainly so Mr Luck Catchy's playing this morning. Thank you for, for coming in off the bench to be able to check all of those other results for us as well. Always a pleasure, Tony. Thank you, and uh, good morning, listeners. Thank you to uh, Andrew Watts and Rob Luck for joining us this week on Bushbeat. As always, folks, you'll find a podcast replay available through our Wooshka page. Do a Google search for Wooshka and Bushbeat Radio tab. You'll be able to find the link there. We also send the link out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Radio T-A-B-A-U-S. And you can also find the link courtesy of our friends at On The Bit Racing Australia. Uh, the team there are kind enough to be able to put the link up on their page each and every week at their website and also on their Facebook page. And we will catch you back on Bushbeat next week here on Radio Tab.